pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 82. Today we're going to chat with Corinne Mosier, make a prank call about well-armed millennials, and talk about why women have a better success rate when taught by someone other than their family or spouse. Today's panel is Sean Heron and I'm Ava Flannell. Bomb cyclone, y'all. And we are just having the best day ever. <laughs> it is. It's not a great day. So first off at the studio, had two shows scheduled to record. And Okay, I ha- wait, wait. Actually, can we backtrack? Yeah. So this morning I wake up really early. I figure, oh, I'm going to get a good workout in. And yesterday I took uh, the same workout class and it was uh, by this instructor who like is really intense. Well, today on the schedule, it had a different instructor. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll take hers. It'll be a fairly decent workout. Um, yet I'm not going to like work out too crazy. And then I could record the two shows. Well, it turns out the girl that was initially supposed to show up didn't show up. And the owner who tends to work everyone out really hard taught the class. So I'm like super, super like sore. Then I get to the studio and there's no internet. Sean, you could chime in now. Oh yeah. Okay. So now it's my turn. Yep. No internet. So we're waiting. We're waiting. There's, there's an outage. They're saying by three 30, then the next show we have to record is at three. So we're like, okay, we'll wait. Well, yeah. So we had to reschedule our first show. Yeah. So two 30 rolls around and we're kind of getting a little bit nervous. Now Ava does have all the recording set up at her place, but we rarely use it. No, because the studio is like, I mean, it's all set up. It's, it's awesome. And Great in every way. So finally the time rolls around and we're like, okay, whatever. I'll bring my laptop and we'll just do it uh, from the other recording location. Which was my house. Yeah. So I get here and somewhere between my office and here, my laptop hard drive went bad. Yeah. Cause you know, it's just like, <laughs> why should anything work today? Yeah. Why not? And, and right now we're like bending over, <laughs> like our microphones are four feet above the table. Four inches. Yeah, four four feet would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four four feet wouldn't give me a hurt back. Uh, I'm reading show notes off of my phone, and uh, yeah, yay, we're so cool. We're okay. <laughs> it's the best disaster. We're not at each other's throats at all. I just feel bad because Corinne, we usually have our. I mean, we don't really have our shit together, but normally we have it together a little bit more than this. Yeah, I mean, this is our job. We're we're decent at it. Yeah, not today though. All right. Should we I'll talk? I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Just take our word for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Manicore arms. Manicore arms. What do you have to say about them? Manicore arms. That's cool. Yeah. I like them. Do you like them? I love them. No, actually I, I do love manicore arms. I've uh, been friends with Sen for a long time and uh, I'm actually a huge fan of their products and i don't like to use the word fan because i think it has a connotation that i don't necessarily because everyone with. thinks hashtag fanboy yeah but I, I am a fan of products that make my life easier and that's that's really what his stuff does it makes my life easier so whether it's you know the comfort stuff like a, a safety selector on a scorpion or a tavor or something like that or just something to raise up the optic mount on the tavor the x95 mm-hmm. uh, i like those uh, but the transformer rail is something that I've probably spent more of my personal money on in the last few years than any other component of any other, you know, product in the firearms world. And that, I think, I think that says a lot. So mm-hmm. whether you have M-Lock, key mod, or just that Picatinny rail, you can have one, you can have two, you can have all three of them and it's future proof. So anything that happens in the future, he'll be able to just release a rail for that and you'll be set. Bada bing, bada boom. Not a rail, a panel. A panel. 
Yeah. And if you want to save money on all the stuff he makes, go to manicorearms.com and... And Sean, what is that coupon code? Gunbunny15. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Gunbunny on accident. Uh, okay. <laughs> I saw that on Snapchat, you are Gunbunny, so... Gunfunny15, that gets you 15% off. And yes, according to the Washington Post, I am a gun bunny. But at least I'm tactical. Yeah. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Corinne, thank you so much for joining us. For those who don't know who you are, can you just tell our listeners how you got into the industry, how you started your career, and like what it is that you do now? Yeah, it's really surreal to hear you say career <laughs> in the firearms industry because I actually am a concert violinist. That's my background. My background is music, and I went to a conservatory of music for violin performance, and I had a private music studio, which I really enjoyed teaching music. Um, I had that for several years, about six years and um, although I grew up on military bases, both my parents were Marines, I, I'd never gone shooting. You know, I think I, sh- I think I went shooting in a field once with a boyfriend in high school. And, um, you know, that was it. I don't know if I shot anything that I was supposed to shoot. And so in, you know, I, I'm married to a police officer. And in 2010, he started prompting me to take a concealed carry class. And I was like, there is nothing you could have said that is less like me. I am... I'm not a gun person. I don't feel the need to carry a gun every day. I think people who carry guns every day are kind of a little bit off a little bit. So uh, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I did it anyways. I went to the class and I think the intention was we were going to open, he, my husband wanted to start teaching concealed carry classes and he wanted a female instructor. So he wanted me to take the class, get certified, um, and become an instructor. And so I took the class and in this concealed carry class, the weight of responsibility that is being a gun owner and carrying a gun every day, not only to be proficient in the firearm and marksmanship and safe carry methods, but in the legal and moral and ethical obligations that you're under was so heavy, that weight, that I was like, listen, I'm either all in or I am all out because in the middle and just kind of halfway committing to this is where the danger zone is. So, uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't into it, but what I do love is education. I love learning things. So my husband prior to this class had taken me to a range to just get me proficient enough to pass the qualification. I had success there, you know, not in the range necessarily with my husband because it was loud, frustrating. It smelled weird. It was dirty. My gun didn't work. I didn't know how to load it. Everything was hard. He could do it perfectly fine. Why couldn't I do it perfectly fine? It was a little frustrating, but when it came to pressing the trigger, I had pretty much immediate success and I was praised for that by my concealed carry instructor. And so I kind of, you know, got bit by the training bug and I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. So from my concealed carry class, I took the NRA courses, all of them that I could take. I took the NRA instructor certification course and immediately was discovered by a gentleman and his wife who were building a range in my area. And they wanted a female instructor and I was certified. I was right there. They were amazing people. And so I became an instructor for the very basic, um, basic pistol stuff, NRA stuff. And while I was teaching that during the first couple of years of working at this range, I studied under our primary instructor, 
uh, Rick Staples, who had just retired from the the same department as my husband, and in fact had taught the police academy course class that my husband attended. And this gentleman was is and was and is one of the most uh, amazing instructors I've ever studied under. And I took every class that he offered with you know defensive pistol, rifle, shotgun. I I volunteered just to show up and sweep the range so that I could just absorb what he knew. And, and that was my passion. My passion was knowing, learning this skill set. And I approached it very similarly to learning any skill set, like the violin or the piano. And since I'd been teaching for so many years, it was really nice to be the student and then to be able to find a way to pass on that information in a way that made sense and clicked with students who were just like me when I started out. So that was, I hope, uh, that was a very long paragraph answer. That was a wonderful answer, though. It was. And it really describes, honestly, like exactly how I got into shooting. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, dang, we we almost have like similar stories. Yeah, it's so Uh crazy. It was like one good instructor at the very beginning, like started me on this path that has become like my passion in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's just so crazy. Do you still play the violin? Uh, yeah, I still occasionally play the violin. I just played it at a at a baptism for my little niece the other day. But uh, it's unfortunately I don't practice a lot, so it's kind of sad how much my skills degrade. But then again, it's a skill set. If you don't practice, you get worse. Mm-hmm. So as as with anything, so I started um, teaching in 2012 and competing in 2014. I started with IDPA because that was, you know, concealed carry based, and that was you know what my training was based in. Um, I like to joke that. Uh, I, I was raised by Marines and trained by cops. And so that was where my mindset skill set was. So I went into competition and uh, pistols and then immediately three gun. And that was when three gun, well, I had never heard of it. I I'm not that I had been in the industry for very long at all. And I still haven't been in for very long, but you know, that was talk about addictions, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, competition, and especially three gun where you have three platforms, all of the ammo selection for each, the gear selection, the, um, I just, we can talk about it for an entire hour, but at least, but I just wanted to get better every time I went to a competition and I found out that competing made me a better instructor because I was gaining all this kind of sometimes off the wall experiences that you wouldn't really have in a training course, uh, or just in your private practicing. So I was really learning, really learning the platforms, and um, their strengths and limitations and my strengths and limitations. And like I said, I, I took that back to my students and ho- hopefully I've been able to be a better instructor because of it. Yeah, I love that. It, it it really resonates with me. And I wonder now, and it resonates with Ava too. So I wonder now how many listeners that that story kind of resonates with or how many it'll inspire to kind of do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like taking that first class and realizing, wow, this is, this is serious real life business. Personally, I was like, okay, well, that was just the the tip of the iceberg. I did really well. It's something I seem to have a natural aptitude for. So I'm going to, I'm going to volunteer and become an instructor in every possible thing I can. And then, uh, it was kind of identical, uh, storylines there, which is pretty dang cool. Do you still teach classes? Uh, firearms classes? Yes, I do. Mostly private instruction because of my, um, very, weird travel schedule. Sometimes I don't know when I'm traveling until it's like the next day. So I do make sure that I am home to teach our ladies in intro to handgun courses. 
And then I schedule, I have, it's, it's much easier than to kind of freely schedule private sessions with individuals um, when it works for me and it, when it works for their schedule. So the majority of the teaching that I do now is in private sessions or semi-private sessions with, which I really enjoy. And then a couple times a month, I'm doing formal group classes. Is this what you do full-time? Yes, I teach full-time. Sorry, not, sorry. I teach part of the time. And the other part of the time I'm traveling for events, competitions, really cool opportunities that I get through my, the companies that I work with and represent. So, um, a lot of that has to do with, um, with, with teaching as well. So I've been fortunate enough to partner with team zero, which is, um, instructor zero out of Italy. I've been overseas twice with him teaching civilians, law enforcement, and in Malta, the presidential security team. And this, uh, those are the types of opportunities that I take advantage of when I can, um, so that I can learn. So I, the answer is I don't do anything full time. And yet all of my time is taken between, you know, instruction and travel to matches competition and other things, uh, and then dividing with my family as well. So answer no, but yes, full time. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Are you us? Because I feel like you're the same person. I know everything, but I'm also, I'm trying not to, I'm not, I'm trying not to make the interview about us, but I'm like, dang, she literally is like a splitting, like a split image of, I know of who we are. And like, I mean, cause I was thinking that today I was like, God, today is just a freaking crazy day. And I'm like, it'd just be nice if I had time for myself and I could just take a bath and drink some wine and <laughs> tell myself it's going to be okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're always getting pulled in different directions and it's all gun related. Yeah. Tell us about uh, some of the companies that you work with. One of the very first companies that I was fortunate enough to partner with was Terran Tactical Innovations. And that happened in 2014. I had met a local shooter, Diana, uh, Diana Huffstedler, when she lived in Missouri. And we traveled to the first Brownells ladies, three, ladies only three gun match, which was in uh, Georgia. And I, I, since we were traveling together, we squatted together and she was part of Terran tactical shooting team and Terran was there with a bunch of the other shooters. So I got to meet him and shoot with him for two days. By the end of the second day, he said, you know, I think he said something like, uh, you know, I see talent. I know talent when I see it, something really nice like that. And, um, will you know, send me your guns and I'll send you back Ferraris. And so from, you know, 2014, I partnered with Terran tactical. I was able to, um, be in on a really awesome photo shoot with 511 and Terran tactical shooters when 511 was really ramping up their women's line. And, you know, so I've just, everything is kind of led to everything else. Um, I'm with walkers. So GSM outdoors, a walkers hearing protection, Hornady ammunition. That's one that I'm extremely grateful for because not, not a, that, an ammo sponsorship or partnering with an ammo company is really big. And, and I was thinking the other day, that I couldn't do what I do without help. I'm not, I'm not a huge networker. I'm not a huge um, social person. Uh, I've had to learn to be more, but you know, I, I couldn't support what I want to do by myself. So the companies that I partner with who have chosen to trust me with their, to represent them really make what I do possible. And so I just try to go out and do as much as I can do to be visible, to give back, to be a positive role in this industry and to advance what I think we all agree is the education of firearms and the inclusion of new members into our, I hate not industry, but our, our culture, right? So, um, right now I've got, uh, you know, Taryn, like I said, Carlson's choke tubes, 
uh, out of uh, out of Kansas, Western Kansas. Uh, Bushnell. Bushnell is really interesting because they're three miles down from my house. So me and the Bushnell boys boys will be like, hey, I need to let's talk about something. Let's go to lunch. And I just drive down the street. That's so cool. uh, and recently I was I, I've been able to partner with IWI and that's fun. Um, although I still shoot Taryn's rifle for competition, um, I've been able to shoot the Tavors. Uh, the, you know, the X-95s and, and uh, the Galil, because so, one of my passions is now the 8K platform. Nice. <laughs> and so that 7.62 by 39 Galil Ace is just a fun gun. So I just, I'm surrounded by opportunities and wonderful people and wonderful, wonderful gear. And I'm, I'm completely humbled because I don't deserve it, but somehow I still have it. So <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying to continue to do right. Let's go back to education just a little bit. So when you teach, like what, uh, what, what are the important principles that you try to pass on to your students in your classes? The most important thing that you can do is develop solid, clean fundamentals. That's the most important thing that you can do. It is not about learning the tuck and roll. It's not about the uh, partner to partner communication and wearing the headsets and, and looking, you know, looking tactical and wearing the molly vests and, you know, and looking like Charlize Theron in a movie. Oh, sorry, is, Sean. <laughs> I know. Can you insert a magazine without missing? Can you uh, run the slide so that you're loading, unloading, clearing a jam? locking the slide open, whatever you're doing smoothly and cleanly so that you can build on top of that. Because just like with music, we practice scales. I'm sorry, but you don't get, you have to be able to do your scales if you want to be able to uh, learn the positions that you'll use in a piece. So you learn the skill set and you apply it to drills and you apply it to different scenarios, but you can't jump into the scenario and expect to be stellar if you haven't put in the work with what people think is the boring stuff. But really, it's it's the the forms like in Taekwondo, you learn your form and you clean that up um, and that's where the skill set lies. So that that has just been reiterated to me in all the years that I've been doing this, no matter what I'm doing no matter who I'm doing it with, no matter what their background or experience that they have. And I've met some extremely interesting, wonderful people. It all comes down to the shooting fundamentals, just a handful of those skills that divide the experts from the people who go shooting. I like that. How do you build a, how do you build a passion like you had after your first class in, in your students? Oh man. Um, it is about building confidence because I could get the same experience that I just relayed to you in my journey with firearms. I could get that same experience if somebody had taught me how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a skill set yeah. that I could gain confidence with. And who knows where that would take me? The passion comes from the change that you see in yourself and see in others the positive change when they gain confidence and they see their options opening and realize they can do something they didn't think they could do. They're seeing the world in a different way because obviously my perspective has completely changed with where I started with looking at gun people as like, well, I don't really know why you think you live in a war zone. Why are you carrying around a gun every day to where I am now? So it's personal development. So if you can give your students an opportunity to succeed and a, and a, I don't know if a reason to succeed, but 
you set them on a path where they know that they can do it. You got to have them, you have to have them have fun because then they'll have success and then they'll grow. But I don't know. I don't know how to inspire passion in other people. I just know what makes me passionate and it's the change and it's the personal growth. And then it's looking back and realizing how far you've come in the last couple of years. And um, that's all that I got. Yeah. No, I love that. We're talking to Corinne Mosier and we're going to take a brief second and talk about Hackett Equipment. You got the little Bertha and the big Bertha and then the, no. <laughs> also the, nicknames that I have for other parts. Uh, what? Uh, so the little Bertha, I just wanted to clarify because I know that some of our patrons lately, they've been looking for a backpack that, you know, it's kind of discreet and it has both straps. I think a lot of people were under the impression that Hackett Equipment, it only had that one strap. Uh, but the little Bertha does have two straps. Uh, it is pretty discreet. There's a little bit of Molly in the front, but mm, you wouldn't really, I don't think it's really that noticeable. No. So definitely check that out, especially if you're looking for a bag. Don't let the name little fool you because you can still hold a ton of stuff in there. It's one of those ironic names. You know how like the biggest dude, uh, the littlest dude, you know, you like call him big john yeah yeah it's one of those things yeah it's not little it it carries a lot it's pretty big all right so hackingequipment.com and use the code gunfunny20 and that gets you 20 percent off what are some of the biggest challenges in the industry for you biggest challenges in the industry i really have no complaints because of how well i've been received so without really having paid my dues in the very beginning, which I feel like I'm always kind of paying my dues. I've, I've always known the right companies, the right people, been given opportunities, challenges. I don't really have any personally. I mean, you have a specific thing. What, what do you think, Ava? What are some of your challenges? I would say for me, it's always, if a company wants to work with me, I think that some people think that it was just given to me because I'm a female or because of my looks um, versus because of my skill set. And mm-hmm. so I would say that I'm constantly, I mean, if anything, it motivates me to always work on my skill set and to be really proficient with firearms and knowledgeable and stuff. But I would say that occasionally I'll, I'll run into that. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I guess I kind of, I feel that as well. And I, I know that it's, it exists. And, but my, my thing is exactly what you just said. I mean, it's a motivation, mm-hmm. um, the motivator to get you to actually know what you're doing so that you can, you know, somebody that might be the impression that somebody has, but you have that kind of secret knowledge that go, that you know, all they have to do is come shoot with me. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is shoot a match with me or talk with me for five minutes and, they'll, they'll come around. They'll see what's actually going on here. So I guess, I guess that is a challenge, but challenge that motivates me to continue to get better Mm -hmm. because I certainly don't want to live up to the negative stereotype. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have any role models in the industry? You know, somebody who I've always looked up to is, I hope I don't get her last name wrong now, but Jesse Harrison. Jesse Duff, Jesse Abbott, Jesse Harrison. Oh, yeah. Jesse I totally Duff. thought you were going to say like Julie Golub. <laughs> and I was um, like, oh, I'm pretty sure everybody always like <laughs> messes up her last name. I did not expect the last name Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse, I met at that first ladies Brownells three gun match. She was squatted with the Terran tactical group. 
And, you know, first of all, I, I had seen her. I knew who she was. I mean, she was Jesse, Jesse Duff, Jesse Harrison. And, you know, she's beautiful. She's well-spoken. I've seen, I saw her in videos. She's obviously a really amazing shooter. And then I watched her shoot at this match and she had a problem with her pistol on one of the stages. And as she discarded the pistol, the safety was knocked off in the bucket, mm. which ended in, I mean, according to the rules, they had the rule book out. She was disqualified. And I watched her, how, how she dealt with being DQ'd and uh, this professional shooter. And she was, she was all class, all class. She didn't yell, complain, throw stuff. She was completely professional and even keeled. And then she stayed around the rest of the weekend just to help reset and hang out with people. And I was like, okay, gotcha. Now I have a model to follow. Now I've seen what professionalism looks like. And so uh, that helps me kind of, you know, go on and, and, and that helped my kind of model my behavior after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause even, uh, like the, the people at the absolute top of the game, like Jerry Mikulek, that guy, he's out there resetting after mm-hmm. every single stage. And it's, it's I mean, inspiring. he's, yeah, he's working harder than like the 20 year olds that he's shooting yep. with. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's really inspiring. What, uh, out of three gun, which platform are you best at? What's the one skill that you wish you were better at and how do you practice to improve that skill? Oh man. With three gun, I say when my pistol's on, I'm my strength is the pistol. So much so so that when we have options of shooting stages and you can shoot with the some some targets like steel targets with a pistol or a shotgun, I'll go, yeah, I got that with the pistol because I'm going to shoot them really fast. And then I can move fast as well, which you're moving slower with the shotgun. And then you have to reload the shotgun mm-hmm. or takes longer to ditch the shotgun than to ditch a pistol or you can reholster it as you're running. So in the past, when I'm, when I, when I'm trained up, the pistol is definitely my strength. I wish I was better at mid range rifle, which is what we shoot in, in uh, three guns. So there have been several matches where I've gotten to stages and I'm just mowing it down. I am, I am very strong with coming up with a plan and following the plan. You know, I'll, I'll run my plan. And then when I get to the rifle, everything falls apart. I can't hit anything. It's, it's, it's incredibly discouraging and you just, you can hear, you know, the, the, your match just circling the drain. It's, it's really demoralizing. So, Uh, You know, and that's just a matter of having to practice it more and seeking out people who can coach you and what you might change. So, you know, my personal thing, my personal goal is I've got a match at the end of this month. I know there's going to be long range. I'm going to, I have a new scope to go on my gun. I'm going to take some of the guys from Bushnell. We're going to go to the range and we're going to work my butt off basically. And, uh, until I know, because you start to, I have found that I start to fail in matches with skill sets when, I have doubt when there's a question mark whether or not I can do it or if I you know if I if the skill set is there in my toolbox for me to 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 use. So when I go to a match and I go, yeah, I don't know about the long range. Well, I've already kind of screwed myself mm-hmm. because, you know, it's a kind of a self-fulfilling thing. I, that question mark is death. So no hesitation, no question mark, and that's where in your training when you come back and you're like, where were the problems in this match? you know, you, you identify what the problems were and that's, those are the areas that you focus on. So for me, shotgun is pretty decent if I can get a good mount, but that's, that's dry fire stuff. That's stuff I can practice in dry fire rifle hosing down inside of a bay at at paper targets. I'm pretty good at that. I, I love my rifle. My rifle movement is pretty intuitive. I have one of the best rifles on the planet for that. 
and pistol. I'm a good pistol shot. I just need to, you know, uh, I just need to act right and my pistol will be fine. But my long range rifle is what I plan to, to move on and practice and, and kind of fill in that skill gap because it's, de- it's pretty devastating to my numbers. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, kind of changing the subject a little bit. What do you prefer to carry and how? So I really like to carry a high appendix, which is going to be in something like a belly band. I have modified holsters so that I'm wearing in a system that um, it's it's not on the market. I've, I've kind of made this waist trainer plus Kydex holster type holster, and it's extremely secure and it's high. Um, I also... I like to carry, you know, I've got my tearing tactical Glock 43, but I really like to carry nowadays uh, my STI Staccato C, which is a single stack 2011 frame. <laughs> and uh, that is absolutely brilliant. And so that, that would be my preferred carry now. And it will be either appendix or high appendix for me. That's just kind of where my, my clothes gape a little bit. And if I can, you know, tuck it into the soft parts of my body, then it's more concealable. Have you ever thought about, because uh, you said it hasn't really hit the market, have you ever thought about marketing that idea? No, I that, that idea was me. <laughs> You're like, no, I have enough stuff on my plate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you don't need another full-time job? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, that's how I am. I have, I haven't really found a holster that I love. So I've always gotten like creative with like a Velcro and, and holsters and stuff. Bits of string. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, you know, I'm, I know Anna Taylor from, uh, Dean Adams. She uh-huh. makes really cool concealed carry garments for women. So, you know, I've experimented with all of her stuff. I really, she makes this tactical yoga pant, but she's doing it right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that that's really, really awesome. I don't wear that a lot just because I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I'm pretty rough on all of my gear, but, um, so I really like that. She makes corset holsters as well. So, but the truth, the reality is you're not going to find And Ava. You can probably, I could probably agree. You're not going to find one holster you wear all the time. And that's in the same place all the time, same gun, same everything. You, depending on where you're going, what you're wearing, Sometimes you have to mix it up a little bit. So you end up with the three buckets of holsters, uh, one bucket of which is actually what you're going to wear. Uh, it just depends on yeah where you're going, what you're wearing, what you're doing. So yeah. true. And then one bucket that you're like, I'll never wear those again, but yet I still keep them. <laughs> yes. Why, why do we have them? You know what? It's because you start cannibalizing the bits and pieces off of them. As yeah, well. I know. Oh, wait a minute. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a big tub full of holsters that I've used over the years. It's. it's I feel like, are you even in the gun industry if you don't have a big tub of holsters? I don't think so. You know? But yeah, I totally agree. And it just depends on... I haven't tried the yoga... The, the holster yoga pants yet, but I you do should. wear a lot of yoga pants, so maybe I should give it a go. And by a lot of yoga pants, she means 100% of her yeah. pants. Well, you know, now that I started working out, <laughs> yeah, it's but gym before clothes. that, before that I would wear yoga pants and like workout clothes because it, it just sort of justified the fact that I didn't do my hair and my makeup <laughs> and people, I was like more of an excuse, but really I didn't go to the gym. I just was too lazy to actually get dressed. <laughs> Uh, well, that's awkward. For hey, everybody. look, who wants to spend 45 minutes on hair and makeup? Nobody got time for that. Exactly. <laughs> it says in, uh, in the show notes, and I don't even know what this means, so I'll ask it clearly since yeah, I have no well, idea. Well, clearly you didn't do your research, Sean. What is education with benefits? Is that what don't I think it is? Don't get so excited. <laughs> you like that name? Oh, yeah. I, that, that's, a, that's a funny name that my, my husband came up with. But, you know, what I started to do 
during the competition season is once a month, I would do a Facebook live video just to check in with people and say, Hey, this is what I did this month. These are the matches that I went to. This is what I learned. Shout out to my sponsors. Talk to people. And I tell you what, I didn't, I didn't really like it. It's not my thing to go live and look at a screen and just, it, I think it's very awkward. Like I, if I'm going to make a video, then it's going to be, it's going to be very concise. It's going to be condensed. It's going to be, this is what the video is about. Here's the information. Hi, everybody. Love you. Bye. And, but, I, but they were doing really well, these videos and I had an audience. So I decided, well, how fun would it be if I started to, tie an educational topic into each one of these videos. And I made it into something instead of me sitting, talking, here's my face and now talk to me. What if it was something that was valuable, had some content. And so I started, I started, what was my first one? The first education with benefits episode. And it's, it's here. Funny to even hear episode. It's just a Facebook live video, but I just gave it a name was with the owners of a trust and will company and they did gun trusts. And he had, you know, during these Facebook live videos, I would do giveaways. So during the education videos, we still did giveaways, but the giveaways kind of tie to the topic that we're learning about. So this gun trust company was like, Hey, how about I give away a gun trust to your listeners during this Facebook live video? And I was like, Hey, why don't you come on and be my guest, you and your wife and tell us all about gun trust. Cause guess what? What is a gun trust? Mm-hmm. I know I should know this. And, and since, and then I was just like, okay, now I'm cool with this because I want to know stuff. I don't know. And I, that I can get excited about. So we started, that was the first episode. We talked about gun trust. What are they? And I was learning so, which makes me happy. And I'm, you know, my, my people who are watching liked it too. And so then we did another episode with, um, a tactical medic and he's also the battalion chief of a Kansas city fire department. And, you know, we did, um, trauma care. We did basically T triple C right there at my kitchen counter. We had a piece of meat that was shot, had a bullet hole in it and was bleeding and I'm stuffing gauze down into it and we're putting tourniquets on and, and that's, that's valuable. So we partnered with a, um, Game plan experts and the giveaway during that segment was uh, a raw a, piece a of meat. Trauma kit. Say again. A raw piece of meat. It, <laughs> no, no, no. That's a good one. I should now. I should have like a nutritionist on or something, and we should grill out or do something like that. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> so yeah, no, we did that. We did T Triple C as one. My last one, I brought on a uh, a police officer who's a juvenile investigator who investigates crimes against juvenile, any major crimes against juveniles. And he specifically works with online crimes and uh, abuse. So we talked about the dangers of the internet and the apps that predators are using to gain access to children. And that is terrifying. That that individual has actually been a, a longtime friend of mine. And we've talked about this topic for years. And I'm just like horrified. And every time I talk to him, I'm like, Tyler, my daughter's like, give me your phone. You're done. You're done with the internet. You're done with everything. <laughs> and so I wanted to bring that to other people. And sure enough, people really um, appreciated the education from it. So that's what education with benefits is. It's now a Facebook Live where we have an educational topic. And of course I give away, uh, I do giveaways. So it's, um, you know, you got to dangle the carrot so that people will watch the video to get to consume the information. And so that's what education with benefits is. And I hope to continue to find new topics and do some more of that stuff. Definitely. That's an awesome idea. I like it. I'll have to tune in. Sounds fun. What are your future plans? Uh, I don't know. I just keep doing what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm like, I don't have plans. I just, I never have. I have no idea how I got here other than I continued to say, 
yes to things, you know, if it, if it seemed worthwhile, um, wholesome and educational and, um, I, and I wanted to do it, then I just did it. And I, I'm lucky to have the support of my husband and my family. My husband's family lives right across the parking lot from us. And grandma watches our little girl all the time. I couldn't do that without, without their support. And so I don't have a plan. I just keep on going. And the, I used to say that to my music students, uh, students. Wow. Can't talk guys. It's okay. Um, it makes two of us. <laughs> uh, I would say, here's how you become a professional. Here's how you become an expert. Here's how you become somebody that people want to learn from. You just spend your life saying yes and doing, go out, go do, go do. And so I just try to go do stuff. So that means, you know, my next thing that I'm stepping out of the box is I'm going to the Kansas State Rifle Association banquet this year. And they asked me to give a speech. They asked, asked me to speak. I don't want to do that at all. I don't, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with that. What, well, how long do you want me to speak? I don't know. As long as you want, like 45 minutes. Who wants to listen to me for 45 minutes? What am I going to talk about? But, you know, they asked for a reason and I, I'm uncomfortable with it, which probably means that's the thing that I should do. And that's the next area that I need to grow in. And it forces you. I mean, change is uncomfortable, but you can't change unless you have that. Well, change unless you change. So I got to do something that I'm comfortable with to kind of discover the next level. So no plans other than, than to continue to do what I'm doing and look for new opportunities, new people. And that's the cool thing is that everything that's come to me, um, everything positive is a result of going and doing stuff, going to matches, you know, meeting new people, saying yes to opportunities, and then trying to pull people along with me to experience my, the next level that I have experienced it, whether education, whether mindset, um, or just fun, just having fun. Excellent. Uh, where can people find you? So best way to look me up is going to be on Instagram or Facebook. I also have this YouTube channel that I'm trying to work really hard on. Uh, worst way is my website, which does exist, but it's pretty crap right now. Um, and that's CorinneMosier.com. But Facebook is Corinne Mosier. I think it might be Corinne Mosier shooting. Not sure. But Instagram is CorinneMosier.ShieldMaiden. And then my YouTube is just my name, Corinne Mosier, C-O-R-I-N-N-E-M-O-S-H-E-R. Okay, cool. I love it. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So, Corinne, you wanted to talk about kind of an interesting topic that I couldn't agree more with you. It's why women have better success rates when taught by someone other than a spouse or a family member. Can you explain that? Yeah. I mean, that was the first topic that came to my mind because I've discussed it recently with people. When we say women all, you know, we're, we know there's exceptions to this rule, obviously, but generally, I feel like I can say this not only because so many of the people that I have talked to have, have this shared experience, but when I teach these ladies only classes, whether I have five women in the class or I have 30 women in the class, I devote the first portion of class to going around the room. Uh, hi, what's your name? Um, what do you do? What brought you out here tonight? What's your firearms experience? And, uh, and I want to know a little bit about them. That serves a couple purposes. One, I can kind of cater the class to my, my students. They start to bring up topics that we can immediately begin to discuss and have their questions answered. And the other women in the class are learning as 
they're here as they're listening mm-hmm. and they're relating to these other women's stories, which loosens everybody up. Oh, you, me too. That happened to me too. Or hi, I work there too. Or, you know, so I get to know who are the women that come to gun classes? Why are they there? And what are they hoping most to get out of the, the class? And for doing this uh, for years and years, uh, you know, a couple times a month, I begin to see patterns and hear the same stories repeated over and over and over. And most of these are, my husband got me this class as a gift, or my husband made me come to this class because I didn't want to learn from him. Or he said, or he tried to teach, teach me how to shoot, but I didn't want to learn from him or that kind of stuff. Some or, of that they, ab- or they wanted to remain married. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I hear I, that I, a lot. <laughs> is, you know, he, it's safer if he doesn't teach me how to shoot a gun. And I'm like, I feel you. Uh-huh. And so it's just interesting because it doesn't, it doesn't mean they have these, in, these people, these couples have a bad relationship because I'm, I have an awesome, sorry, but I have an awesome relationship with my husband. We're like best buds and I respect him and love him. And yet, um, I don't really want him to teach me how to shoot. It's hard for him to teach me how to do something. And I don't know what it is. So when I talk to people and I don't, Ava, is this, have you had this experience? I don't know if you're the same or if you're the exception. Well, I'm not married, but I, I did date a guy who didn't have any gun experience and I tried to teach him and I'm very patient and I consider myself a pretty good instructor. And it was like the one time that I was kind of losing my patience a little bit. So I actually think that it could also go both ways. I That's think it's a, just, I think it's just something about teaching your, your spouse or a family member. And maybe, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's weird. I can't pinpoint it, but I remember thinking back, that was the one time that I was just like kind of losing my patience a little bit. Well, and you, you hit it right on the nose. You, if you were teaching anybody else the same stuff and they were having the same problems or issues or slowness, whatever it was. Yeah that friction wouldn't be there. I yeah. mean, would you agree? You, yeah. You'd have all the patience. You'd have the patience of Job with this student. Absolutely. And so what is it? And it's, but also, you know, if my daughter wants to learn to, to play the piano, I won't teach her how to play the piano. I'll go get her a teacher. So what is it? And, and specifically with the spouses, it, it's still an open discussion. I don't have an answer as to why this is, why women have more success. I think if they, if they learn this from somebody other than their spouse, to me, my spouse is somebody that I don't, we need, we need to be equally yoked, right? We need to be partners. And, and every decision that we make and everything that we discuss, there's this equal power play going on. And I feel like that power play is disrupted or overturned when there is that student teacher relationship. And I'm, I, I don't know. I could, I could be yeah, saying that. No, I, I think that kind of, thing. I think but, that makes sense. It makes, I mean, that, I'm not saying that's the issue. I'm saying that could be a part of the issue. And then you have the, the element of, I don't want to look stupid in front of this person because they're my person. I'm their person. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to then think of me as, as being less or not mm-hmm. as capable of sharing the yoke with them of, of, I don't want, them, <laughs> I don't want them to think that somebody is prettier than me, smarter than me, cooks better than me, um, shoots better than me, that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's. Maybe another little element. And then there's that patience element. Why don't we have the patience? I have no idea. Or it could be that you're so comfortable with that person that they don't think twice about maybe talking back or saying like, okay, I got it. You know, whereas like you wouldn't say that to somebody who was an instructor or, you know, somebody that you weren't so close with. And I I think that that's also like you, you can kind of, you don't have to sugarcoat your behavior as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're just like, okay, I got it. I get it. Like, stop telling me, you know, you're not yeah, the yeah. boss of me. <laughs> yeah. 
but I see it all the time. I mean, I have friends that are instructors and they bring their wives to me all the time. And it's not that they, they can't teach them per se. Um, it's that they can't teach them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically. Yeah. They could, but they, they, but it would literally end in disaster. And I don't think that either one of them would get very far. Yeah. You ever hear of John Bobbitt? Yes. I think he, I think they were trying to teach each other how to shoot before that happened. <laughs> that is entirely likely. So I think, you know, I, I can identify some themes, some, some reasons why this might be the case. But the point is, it's probably best to have to learn from somebody other than a family member. I would say advice for guys who haven't already done this, guys or girls, I guess, whoever knows how to shoot and the other person doesn't, to just for it's not your fault nobody's fault but just recognize that that's kind of the way that it is and it's not worth making range time or that experience a negative one Mm -hmm. and creating friction within your relationship to go and train them to shoot sure go try that's fine but just recognize that that's a possibility a highly likely possibility and just go seek trainers and classes that you can gently nudge your family members into understanding that they will have more fun if you're not the one teaching them. So, and I think that that's well said because if they do go to the range and they have a bad experience, it just puts a bad taste in their mouth and then they're less likely to, you know, take it up as a hobby or for protection. Whereas if they go to a class, they build their confidence and then they go to the range and then it ultimately could lead to like range days together and stuff. But initially if they have, you know, a bad experience, then they're not going to, uh, they're not going to get into it. No, there'll be that. There'll be some resent, Mm -hmm. resentment there for some reason. So, you know, the, the topic, the reason why I want to talk, talk about it is not to give like the definition of why this is, but to identify some of the reasons, some of the feelings that we feel, and then basically say the solution is just recognize this is the way that it is. This is life. And, um, and, and, and it's okay to be the one to say, you know what I could teach you, hun, but I think you'd have more fun if you went and found a, a class. It doesn't have to be an all ladies class or an all guys class. It doesn't matter, but outside go, go do it. It's not that I'm not willing to teach you. I love you, but. <laughs> I think you'll have a better experience if I'm not there. Just, just, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, with the kids and their, their music lessons. The kids usually straighten up when the mom's not there, you mm-hmm. know, they have a better lesson when the mom's not there. So call it a distraction. I don't know, but that's, that's something I've been on, it's been on my mind recently and had lots of conversations about and they all kind of have the same themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a great topic. Yeah. And from my perspective, I think there's a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Hi, Sean. <laughs> you guys are having a good conversation. Uh, from my perspective, I think there's a little bit of that uh, insecurity on both sides. Like on the one side, uh, you're upset because you can't get it automatically and instantly be perfect at it. And on the other side, you're a little bit upset because you want them to think you're the best teacher in the universe. And somehow you're failing because you can't teach them to do it perfectly in the first try. So I think there's a little of that on both sides. And that's just it, it kind of culminates into uh you don't listen and you suck at teaching and well, put yourself in my shoes, teaching my boyfriend. I'm like, don't worry, babe. I'll, I'll sleep closest to the door at night. I got us. <laughs> I'll protect us. It's okay. If you don't know how to shoot, <laughs> probably better for both of us. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean, you said something that kind of made me think. So it's, if you're not getting it right, if I'm not getting something right and my instructor not related to me critiques me, I take that as 
right on the face. That's for face value what it is. He's talking about the way my thumb did the wrong thing right here and I need to do that better. If somebody who knows me, knows me, knows everything about me, gives me a critique, I have that background experience of they know my character, they know everything about me and it feels more like a character critique. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like there's something wrong with me. Whereas an, a, an instructor's going, there's something wrong with your thumb. <laughs> I'm, I hear there's something wrong with you. You can't do it. <laughs> yep. uh, when it's somebody who knows me, knows everything about me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's definitely something that I've noticed. You guys have absolutely noticed it. I think, I mean, there's definitely something to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's talk about Q. So the sugar weasel. Basically, everything you need, nothing you don't. It's going to launch April 1st, and it has mil-spec receiver, match-grade trigger. What's crazy is it has like the honey badger barrel, the seven inches. And if you guys watched my interview with Kevin, you'd know that it has a one in five twist rate, which is pretty incredible. Also has that same gas block so that you can adjust it. And uh, same handguard, comes with an SBA3 brace. My uh, favorite brace in existence from SB tactical and it is the honey badger gray, a uh, super lightweight. And the best part is MSRP is going to be about $1,500. Dang. That's actually, that's a deal. Yeah. And I mean, Kevin's even said, you know, it's, it's a lot less expensive. They're able to make, I think it was like three times the amount than they can the honey badger. They just can't keep up with the demand, the parts. So that's why they came out with that sugar weasel. So it's basically the honey badger for poor people, for the pores. All right. That's fair. <laughs> Guys, check their, uh, check out their stuff at liveqordie.com. Dropping wisdom. Slinging truth. Prepare yourself for knowledge bomb. Oh, dang. Dropping some knowledge bombs. Ava, go ahead and read them. Okay. Dalai Lama once said, if someone has a gun and is trying to kill you, it would be reasonable to shoot back with your own gun. I think that sounds kind of crazy. Yep. It sounds like something that he wouldn't say. (laughs) I know you would actually think that, but no, it it actually comes to us from an article uh, talking about the Dalai Lama's army and uh, an article from New York said an Al-Qaeda organization is attempting to assassinate the Dalai Lama. This is kind of back in 2006, I believe it was. And yeah, this is something he said. So even the Dalai Lama gets the right of self-defense and our right to exist. So he gets it. He gets it. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Next. Uh, in 2009, a morbid, morbidly obese Houston man named George Vera managed to sneak a pistol into a jail by hiding it in his fat folds before admitting it to the police many hours later. Yeah, this, this is true. They didn't lift his boobies and check underneath them, and that's a problem. There's a video on the internet of a dude that literally has an AK up under his stomach, and he like lifts it and like pulls it out and starts shooting it. It's Ew. disgusting, but also just shows... Uh, the resourcefulness of human beings. <laughs> All right. So I don't want to gross out anyone and I'm also not fat shaming, but you know that you can get like yeast infections and stuff in your folds. I'm pretty sure that's how Christopher Reeves died. Oh, no, that's not true. Oh, that's not, he died from a bed sore actually, but yeah, I've heard. Okay, of well, that, that joke sucked. That It was terrible. It yeah. was awful. Christopher Reeves is beloved by many as Superman. 
but yeah, you can get yeast infections in the fold and it's honestly a pretty big problem for morbidly obese folks. Sad. It is. Yeah. So you got to, cl- you got to clean out them folds guys. And who knows, maybe you too will find a gun under there. Yeah. Let's talk about matador arms. Our little friends across the ocean. Mm, no, the, border, <laughs> the, the northern border, maybe. <laughs> There's a wall. Uh, we built a wall and we made the Canadians pay for it. <laughs> so Matador Arms makes a, a ton of different products. And in the notes, it says muzzle devices. I actually just saw a post that, that Gun Funny shared uh, that showed a bunch of the different muzzle devices that they actually make. Mm-hmm, they, yeah. do, they make a linear compensator. They make uh, the flare stack, the hammerhead. The stinger. That's that linear compensator, which is pretty awesome as well. So if you're looking for a muzzle device, go check them out. MatadorArms.com. And there is a coupon code. Uh, that coupon code is GUNFUNNY10. That gets you 10% off. That is so true. And they also sponsor our prank call segment. And here we go. It's time for prank calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! So I can help you. Yeah, hi, yeah, it's me and my husband, uh, Malcolm, and, and my name's Gertrude. Um, so we just recently read an article, uh, at the Washington Post about these armed millennials, and it scares us so much. A lot. Um, <laughs> we were wondering, like, what could we use to protect ourselves against all these millennials? Um, are you guys here in Vegas? Yes, uh, we are. We, we moved, so what, in, we moved in what from also, the East Coast to, Gertie, I'm trying to tell him. Okay. We moved here a couple of years ago from the East Coast. <laughs> I mean, if you if you guys want to come down, we can uh, we can get you guys sorted out nice. Okay, well, here's the thing: if I'm not comfortable with guns, I mean, you think pepper spray? Like, is it okay to spray somebody in the face with the pepper spray? I mean, if they're gonna cause you bodily harm. Yeah. What if they eat the bath salts? You know, these millennials. Yeah, have you seen a lot of people concerned about that article with the millennials? The heavily armed millennials. Hold on a second. <laughs> and he never came back. He was like, <laughs> oh, sorry. That hurt my eardrums. I know. It hurt mine too. <laughs> like I pulled my face away from the mic and then I just. Yeah. Celine Dion, you nut. But yeah, he's like, hey, yo, Greg, huh, you should get on this phone call. It's pretty hilarious. And then I... Greg's like, nah, I smoke in a bowl. Whoa. Oh. I think that went a little bit too far. Okay. Maybe he, well, I mean, you don't know what's in the bowl. Like Cheerios? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Paul Emmer 80. I've heard of them. They just came out with, uh, pretty recently, their PF45 large frame. And finally, the name is kind of how it sounds. It, it, it really is. You could shoot either. It's, it's, I don't know which Glock it actually is, but, uh, it's the 45 ACP or 10 millimeter frame, mm-hmm. which is pretty baller as well. Uh, so if you like that 45 ACP or you're a big fan of the 10 mil PF45, that's the large frame offering from Palmer 80 for you. You know them. You love them. You know, we love them. Build your own pistol in the courtesy and comfort of your own home. Oh, and guys, don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY. That, that'll get you 10% off. It sure will. Okay, just so everyone knows, Corinne is not super shy. We only were able to record two segments and the ending with her uh, because of the craziest tech issues that you could ever imagine. The internet went down, as you heard. Uh, laptops died. It was a crazy thing. So uh, we recorded... Deconstructing the industry, tech to talk, and then the closing and uh, everything else we just had to do like after the fact. Ju- just wanted to let you know so that you didn't think anything was weird. They won't let me talk. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah.
Corinne, thank you again so much for joining us. For people who want to find you again, uh, where can they find you on the internet? Definitely Facebook and Instagram are the best platforms, YouTube as well. So YouTube is Corinne Mosier, Facebook Corinne Mosier, and Instagram CorinneMosier.ShieldMaiden. Awesome. And uh, guys, make sure that you tune into that education with benefits. Not quite what it sounds like, but uh, it sounds very educational. Yeah. I mean, I was, I thought it was one <laughs> thing. It was something totally different. I'm it's a little a, disappointed, but I'm still interested. Yeah, me too. Actually, yeah. And you touched upon some really good topics. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. We know you're super busy. So uh, thanks for making the time. Anytime, you guys. Thank you so much. All right, Sean, let's read some Facebook reviews. All right, so the Facebook reviews are coming to us long and strong. Well, not really, actually. They're Loud not very long. And these, proud. Ones, these ones are probably the shortest reviews we've had. Okay, that's fine. Well, and you know what? We appreciate them. It doesn't matter how short they are. Small things matter. Uh, you can go to iTunes. You can go to Facebook. Leave us reviews. We really appreciate it, and it really helps people make a decision to choose listening to this show. First up is from Debbie B. Recommended. Truly love their podcast and a friendly group. I'm not going to point out the misspellings in this. Yeah, or the... The incorrect way of, of there. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, and truly is misspelled too. I feel like you're pointing it out. I okay. just said I wasn't going to okay. point it out. Okay. Yeah, I'm not either. Okay. Uh, Jason B. OCD's kicking in. Jason B says recommended great interviews in a relaxed format. Plus, the prank calls are very funny. Cool. That's it. Short and strong. Jerry T says recommended great podcast, lots of good content. The only downside is you can't see how gorgeous Ava is just by listening to it. Okay, Definitely shut up. Worth he wins. Adding to your playlist. Okay. He wins. Get out of here. You're not getting a date. Oh, well, I didn't say you want a date, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to pay for dinner, then I'm game. <laughs> okay. And this is how hookers start. Uh, Renee B. There's a lot of B last names here. Uh, recommended. Very nice people. Great reviews. They embrace the Mandor. Actually, hold on. Let me read this like it's actually written. Renee B. Very nice people. Great reviews. They embrace the minority of the majority with enthusiasm. Yeah. It's all caps. Yeah. That means they're yelling. Yeah. She's I wonder yelling if they us. realized it. She, she mad. But uh, thank you very much for the reviews and the recommendations. We really do appreciate them, guys. Uh, and we, we give you a hard time, but we do appreciate them. And, and there's a winner. Yeah, because Corinne can't uh, – she's not here for this segment. She can't pick a winner. I'm just going to go ahead and do it and say, Jerry no. T, you win. Yeah. No, Jason B wins. No. Prank calls are very funny. In relaxed format? Yeah, it is relaxed. He makes us sound like potheads. You're making me so mad right now. Jerry T's the winner. No, we cannot encourage that kind of behavior. Okay, then Jason B, contact Sean and he will send you out something. Jerry T, contact me. Who and owns I Barter will... Town? Huh? What? Huh? I said, who owns Barter Town? Me. No. You don't even know what Barter Town is. No, not really. <laughs> All right, Jason B, congratulations. No, Jerry T. Jason B, congratulations. You win a lone wolf ultimate connector kit with three connectors no, and spring that is from gun funny and i picked jerry t to win jason b you win the lone wolf ultimate no jason b you probably are going to win one of sean's pubic hairs sorry but uh jerry t you are going to win one of lone wolf's ultimate connector kits with three connectors and a spring contact me bam all right there you go Let's, let's, uh, wrap let's wrap up. this thing up because you're really pissing me off right now. Uh, you can it's find so us, much fun. You can find us at gunfunny.com. That's our website. That's the place where you can go. And it's kind of like the jumping off station for everything else. There's our store. There's links to everything that we do like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Twitter, there's, all that stuff. There's also a support us link. So if you guys are going to go shopping on like Amazon, Brownells, uh, Palmetto, 
click on those links and then go shopping. We'll actually get a percentage of the sales and we greatly appreciate it. It's just another way that you can support the show. If you want to take a step further and really support the show, consider becoming a Patreon. Uh, the, here. Uh, basically, depending on how much you donate, you, there's prizes and swag different and opportunities that you get. So it doesn't matter what your real budget is. Even a dollar a month gets you something, which is access to our Patreon only Facebook group, which is a fun place. And if you're on Facebook earlier today, I went live on the Patreon group kind of drunk. And yep. it was only 10 a.m. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, that Patreon support actually helps us do things for the show and improve it in many ways. And one of those ways was actually hiring a producer and an editor whose name is Kenny Ortega. He does a lot of work at the Firearms Radio Network, and he does a fantastic job. He does so, the sizzles that you guys hear on social media? Yes. Yeah. And if you uh, if you see him around, absolutely just uh, give him a pat on the back and thank him for all the great work he does for us and also for you because the show is better because – of your support. If you're a girl though, his work, pat him on the butt, give him a little, that's you know. fine. Uh, there's $25 Patreons, uh, who, who donate at least $25 a month every month. And those are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq veteran, eight, 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 charger arms, Ryan Morrison, John snow, Kevin Brittingham, Nathan Keck, and two a Jules. What is going on right now? I feel like, yeah, uh, about that. Has so there been a change in the Kingery. Yes. What? Yeah. Yep. I just needed a dramatic thing. Yeah, Two Way Jewels is no longer king of the Patreons. I know, it's so sad. Yeah, that's uh, who took over. Someone has taken over the throne as the king of the Patreons and earned their very own T-shirt. Seventy-six dollars was the number. Michael Alexiu. Yeah, and so I asked him. I reached out to him. I said, "Hey, congrats on being king of the Patreon. What would you like us to say?" And I, I didn't really understand it. Yeah, I felt like okay. So here's the thing. Every time a witch kidnaps a kid in the uh, stories and the lore and stuff like that, they fatten them up uh, before they cook them and eat them. And uh. I feel like that his response was a little bit of that. He said something like, uh, I'm slowly investing he said in, something like, in yeah, you he, and Sean. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I saw that. Well, first he said something about 2A and then PAD. And I was like, okay, what about it? And then he's like, oh, I don't care. I'm just slowly investing in you and Sean. I was like, what is he talking but about? Hold on a minute. All right. This is the Hansel and Gretel paradox because someone's been sending a lot of candy to me at the studio for We Like Shooting. But then they also addressed a few to me. Yeah. The the salt gummies or something was addressed to you. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. But people are sending candy. This is the witch in the forest just fattening up Hansel and Gretel. I think we got to go. And now I think... he says that he's investing slowly in us, like slowly, like as in we're going to gain all this weight. I mean, become better if that's eat. the case, he probably should invest more in me, not you. <laughs> yeah. You're working against him. I'm helping out. Yeah. Like, I mean, put a, put a knife in you. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't send me more candy. Fork. I'm there, bro. I'm there. <laughs> don't forget. You're going to have to slow cook it to melt the fat off. Sean's Otherwise, got the, muscles... the biggest muffin top. <laughs> the muscles are not going to be. The, the All right. So, yeah. Okay. Whatever. King of the patrons. That's what we said for you. Bam. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, we're doing a, a tack pack giveaway. Go to gunfunny.com slash TP and you can win your very own. And if you want to just order your very own, which, you know, Ava, definitely you get tack packs. You like them. Yeah. You open the last box. Yep. Tackpack.com and use code gunfunny. You'll get a free SOG tool with your order. Patreon.com slash gunfunny to become a Patreon. Thanks so much to Corinne Mosier for being with us. Uh, it was a blast. Sorry about all the tech issues that we talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> Sean. That she couldn't be. No. Yeah. It's my fault. The internet went out. Yep. Cool. That's Everything's your story. fault. That's a great story. Anyway, I'm done with this. So whatever. Bye. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. 
Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.